walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird. How's everybody doing today? Having a lovely bump day, I hope. Spreading the good word. Hope you hope you're wishing everybody you see a happy bump day as well. And if they look at you confused, strike them. Strike them about the face with your uh, your fists or your feet, I guess. Or really, just any anything really. So we got some progress wrestling talked about today chapter 30 a little mile marker for the bumpers out there for the apron bump chapter 30 also a two-night extravaganza this chapter is because we got some super strong style 16 on the way that's right folks the second iteration of this yearly tournament that progress does where they bring from they bring talent from all over the world so you're going to see some very familiar faces. You're going to see some other faces that are just popping up here in progress for the first time that go on to have more success uh, in the UK scene or beyond. So I won't dilly daddle <laughs> too long here because we got two nights of action, lots to cover, lots of awesome wrestling, um, some not so good stuff, too, but also just in general, just a golden era for progress wrestling as far as I can tell. So. Lots of good stuff here. We got, of course, the tournament from start to finish. We're going to cover 16 guys. We got uh, the tag team titles are also on the line. We got street fights. We got rap battles. We got finger blasting. We got a lot of stuff going on here, so we might as well get right to it. But first, let me give a big old gay shout out to my guest, Ross from the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Great group of guys over there at Wrestling Should Be Fun. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, what have you. All of that is in the information below. Probably one of the one of definitely one of the best follows on social media, but also a hilarious wrestling podcast. Go check out the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. They cover uh of course, any of the major scuttlebutt in the wrestling world, but they delve a lot into uh, the British UK scene as well. They do some retro stuff. They do some games. They do some debates. They do a lot of stuff over there. It's always a fun time. 
Uh, I've been on it. I know that doesn't say much, but I've been on it. <laughs> so uh, go check it out. The Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. Great group of lads across the pond. Uh, what else? Apron bump at apron bump all over the social medias. Go follow me. Go sub to me uh, or dom me. You know, whatever you prefer. I am verse um, apronbump.com for all my episodes. All that she is net. Hey, progress wrestling live. You might not be too familiar with progress wrestling. Don't worry. Neither am I. Well, I'm working my way through this in real time, just as you can, if you would like to journey along the way with me. And you can go to apronbump.com. You can go to the episodes tab at the top. And you could select Progress Wrestling, and that'll bring you to all of the progress reviews that I've done in chronological order, starting at chapter one and working my way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound, all the way to chapter 30, which is where we're at now. Go binge away. It's always a good old time. Love, love watching progress, love talking about it. And I love you. And I also love this episode coming at you. Progress Wrestling, Chapter 30, with myself and Ross from the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. You know, just different strokes for different folks, I guess. That is fair. <laughs> <laughs> How's, uh, is it Qatar or Cater? Qatar, yeah, yeah. Qatar. Well, How's Qatar treating you? Yeah, it's, um, it's a strange old place. <laughs> good bad little both so it's like beautiful and clean and the service here is amazing but i feel like a bit like i'm, I'm on the truman show and and like uh, underneath it all there's like something going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you're used to london where there's no sun and the food shit and you're like wow well there's just all this delicious food and sunlight yeah. it's just like a different universe right i did my first grocery shop last week and i went to start putting my stuff onto the uh belt and some guy was like no that's my job and then you go to pack your bags and they're like that's my job just it's a different world out here man just (laughs) dropped a stone on your head and then off you went right that's my image of qatar i don't know about you you said you're there for work yeah but all good man All, all good um out here for 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 six months at least and see how it goes nice how's the wrestling scene out there um pretty wild <laughs> <laughs> the, the q the q w a or whatever huh <laughs> yeah there's keep it quiet but there's talk that the big man Dilo brown might be coming down <laughs> Ooh, okay I'll, I'll book my plane ticket now watch out yeah but um yeah man so yeah. Do you think, can he still do that? I know he's like, in, wow, I just got dizzy just doing that like twice. I don't know how he did that. I feel like um, Dilo Brown was in the wrong era because imagine how well his old um, head would sell those like, there's like Funko Pops. Perfect for him, right? Ooh, well, they can still make them, right? <laughs> there's got to be a Dilo Funko out there, right? Somewhere. They can make them, but will they sell them? <laughs> uh, they'll sell at least one. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, man. Well, no, no D'Lo Brown on this show. 
unfortunately, or these uh, these two shows. Uh, super strong style 16, man. So you get you got a chance to check her check her out. I did. Yeah, this is I must admit that this is real my sweet spot of progress wrestling. Yeah. In terms of fandom. So this was my second super strong style. Um, this was the show where it really started to come together for progress wrestling. You can really tell from the crowd reactions and the size of the crowd and the people mm. on the show that no longer was it the UK and independents that were doing their thing and doing it for themselves. Suddenly North America started to wise up to what progress wrestling were doing and the, and the amount of people that came over from North America on that show and proved themselves to be more than capable of wrestling in the progress style. And and in that electric ballroom, it it was a magical thing. And there's plenty of um, tales from this um, chapter just watching on um, Progress Plus, how how well the crowd react to, to certain things, in particular the Chris mm-hmm. Hero matches. Uh, there's some moments oh. where I, I got goosebumps watching it back and I got all nostalgic and teary-eyed thinking back to those days. Uh-huh. Dude, yeah, there is some. Chris Hero, if I had to pick an MVP of, of these two shows, this chapter, Chris Hero would definitely be in that conversation because, man, he showed out. I forgot how good he was, man. He's just, yeah, even it's at really this point of his career. It's a really interesting time for Chris Hero because at the time he'd just been released by NXT mm-hmm. and obviously yeah. had the really fun um, feud with William Regal at the time. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't seem to catch on with the higher-ups and he got released. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to the indies back with P- with PWG, obviously, and Ring of Honor and put on a bit of weight and some people will start to take the piss out of him. But actually, I love his body type here. I'm a big um, fan yeah. of those sorts of like Stan Hansen type bodies in wrestling. And I think he looked bloody great. Um, and when he went back to NXT and they made him wear the basketball top, it didn't quite look the same. No, I'd rather see a gut than a stupid basketball jersey yeah. personally when yeah. you're wrestling in the ring but yeah i mean it was so i mean we'll talk more about him a lot later but yeah it was like i mean i had when he took his shirt off i was like oh yeah we're in this period of chris hero but then when, when the bell rang instantly forgot about it and then got very used to it and like i said he showed out man but you brought up pwg and i was gonna bring up because 16 karat this is the second time they have done this and I'm curious as to what you think as far as how this, because I know they still do the super strong style. How yeah. do you, how would you say this compares to like the Bola, the 16 carat in terms of like, I don't know, the quality or just like how prominent in it, it is in wrestling? Well, I'm coming at it from a very, um, in a bubble because I must admit, I've never watched a, a 16 carat and I've never watched a Bola. Really? But I, but I know what they both are, but mm-hmm. Super Strong Style 16, from the very first one where Will Ospreay won the tournament, it felt special. And, mm-hmm. the, sec- and the second one upped it, in my opinion, on overall um, showing. Maybe the, well, definitely the final didn't quite match up to last year's final. Yeah. But I think that, that, that there's reasons for that that we'll go into later. But in mm-hmm. terms of how it holds up. I think the fact that it's in the same conversation as those tournaments and started later, I think it's proof that it's yeah. been a success. Yeah. Just in their second iteration of it is super impressive. And yeah, I've, so I've watched as far as 16 carat, I've watched the 2014, 15 and 16. The 16 one was like a, like a month or two before this one. Right. It's interesting because I mean, 
the 16 carat and 16 had Will Ospreay, had Zack Sabre Jr. It's like they're almost like one and the same kind of. It's very fluid yeah. how people would move back and forth. So I didn't really see many differences personally, but I mean, I thought this blew the 16 carat out of the water personally, but um, lots of good shit to talk about here. Uh, you brought up like how the finals was kind of like it didn't reach the, uh, the quality maybe of the previous year, but this year particularly, I don't know, maybe it's just me. It felt more grueling. Like it felt like, but maybe it's just because I watched it in like two sittings, like one night, one <laughs> was, night, and I, I should have maybe split it up a little bit, maybe had my intermission myself. But um, by the time the finals was on, I was like, God damn, just can we not not can we end this? But I was like, man, I can't wait for you know yeah. somebody to win here. And I think um, that that the Mark Andrews journey helps that because obviously he had to mm. wrestle four matches over three nights, uh, over two nights, sorry. So yeah. so it kind of feel, feels more grueling in that way and obviously i don't think mark andrews was supposed to be in the final um oh, unfortunately no with what happened with mark haskins after night one but boy did mm. he boy did he do a good job and if it was down to me to book who do we put in the final after what happened to haskins based on night one andrews is your man because andrews wow that match in on night one mm -hmm. i'm gonna say it hot take favorite ever progress match I had that almost exact note in my notes, or at least up to this point. I mean, you have obviously the, the catalog after this, but definitely for me up to this point, probably the best progress match ever. It's, you know, there's arguments, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, but we might as well dig into it, man. We got a lot of matches. This might be a little bit more uh, uh, rapid fire than typically, yep. but please feel free to, to delve inside me as much as you need to. So, Ooh. I mean, into the, into the show, into the show. What? <laughs> <clears throat> so are we on the smacking it raw podcast yeah <laughs> it'll be on Pornhub, that's for sure <laughs> um so you said you were here by the way for, for, yeah, for I was, this live yeah i was yeah yeah because jim smallman opens up basically saying that there was a delay in delivering the ring do you remember this at all i do yeah um so uh there was a lot of excitement obviously for uh, uh, for this show and progress fans get made fun of quite a bit from outsiders and some insiders mm. for how early they queue up. So doors, let's say doors open at two, the queue at the electric ballroom starts at like 10 AM. Um, <laughs> and yeah, some people would just find it ludicrous that people do that and they poke fun at them for it. And the fact that the ring didn't show up <laughs> meant that obviously 10 AM was a long, long wait for these people. Um, so <laughs> But, so you were there like in line more so than the actual show, basically. <laughs> well, we're not cures. The wrestling should be fun, boys. Uh, we go to the good mixer around the corner, which is a pub. So we go mm. um, and then we head straight in for bell time. We're not queuing. Didn't you do like a beer pong event at one point in, in the queue? We did. Although it was controversial because Big Dom introduced a catch rule. So if you catch the ball, then that counts as a, as a cup. And that's not a very British rule. And what people did not like it. People did not Dom. like it. I'm going to have to talk to Dom about that. That's just ludicrous. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing over there. Um, yeah. But uh show finally gets underway and it uh, starts off. I feel like with that delay, maybe because to me, it felt like every goddamn match uh, during this weekend had like a hot start. Like, it, yeah. like it, there's like a Pearl Harbor job or just like a quick, you know. Yeah like sprint at each other in the beginning, but whatever it is, I'm all for it, I guess. But we got a, 
a first round match here. This first night's full of first round matches. And we got Mark Haskins versus Pete Dunn to open up the bruiserweight. Pete Dunn, a fairly, fairly new moniker for him. No yep. longer, uh, no longer dynamite Pete Dunn or the, <laughs> the unstoppable Pete Dunn. He's got his top knot. He's got his singlet. I mean, it's like it was like overnight. I felt like he like switched gears and it, man, yeah. he's just in full bruiserweight mode here. So it's awesome to see uh, facing Mark Haskins, who going into this, because obviously I didn't know who won this. Mark Haskins was the guy that I thought was going to win this easily. I still think maybe that could have been the plan. Um, more on that later. But I mean, he basically called his shot at the previous chapter. And I mean, him and Marty Skrull have unfinished business where Marty like he Brian Pillman his arm or his leg. I forget which one it was in front of his family. So, yeah, yeah, um, they got a story there. But again, more on that later. But this match here, Haskins and Dunn, I thought it was a really high, high, uh, high paced, fun match here. Pete Dunn's countering all of Haskins offense like that roll through into a sharpshooter is always yeah. beautiful. Um Towards the end, Pete Dunn goes for the bitter end, but Mark counters it beautifully into a DDT, hits a German, goes for a brain buster, but Pete counters that, hits the X-plex, but Mark Haskins lands on his feet and then locks in the bridging arm bar for the tap out. So Haskins wins against Pete Dunn. Yeah, I thought it was a really good opener here. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I know that we spoke about a Haskins versus Skrull match not too not too long ago on right. one of your videos. And this kind of reminded me of those two wrestlers, similar stature, similar styles, meshed really well, loved it. And what I loved as well is that Pete Dunn, obviously, as you say, was a bit of a bland character when he was dynamite mm. done. And then we saw the meta- and then we saw the metamorphosis of him into Bruiserweight. And here is where he's really starting to crank it up the character work that he does with the crowd is brilliant because Haskins is mm-hmm. so locked into his wrestling that he doesn't really react to the crowd, but the crowd love him anyway. So it doesn't really matter for him to pander at all. Whereas Pete Dunn right. was pandering to the crowd so much in, in this match and it worked for his character so well, really um, hammed up when he, when everyone was saying that he was wearing his mum's swimming costume. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd was in form. On this one. Uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And as you say, the finish was great with the um, slide out of the bitter end and then into that, um, the Champa armbar that is actually the Haskins armbar. Um, we know it is, but no one else knows it. Secret safe with me. But um, yeah, man, good stuff here. Yeah, Pete Dunn, like his, he has like that in-ring charisma that like Brian Danielson has. Like Pete Dunn, you don't think of as like a charismatic guy, but man, he does in the ring. His facials, his yeah. just the way he'll like look into the crowd and you're just like, oh, fuck you, man. Who are you looking at? <laughs> I think it's just that British kind of resting Brit face. Huh? Resting Brit like bitch face. face. Hey, That's, hey, something. Hey. That's something. That's <laughs> something. We're having fun. But um, boy, howdy. A couple resting Brit faces here. We got Mikey Whiplash versus Damon Moser in our next super strong style 16 match question. Who has a worse theme between both these guys? They're both at the bottom, I think. Oh, you. I don't know, mate. Placebo's version of Kate Bush for me is up there. I'm a big fan of that. I think that that's Whiplash's music, right? Yeah. Or is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's. Uh, I thought. I thought it fit his character very well. It was just very like. 
I guess it's a good one because it made me feel weird. It just made me feel uncomfortable, <laughs> like watching him come out with his mask and his thigh highs. Yeah. It's very. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah. he's, he's like BDSM, goth, uh, murderous. He's like, yeah, he's everything that, 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 that kind of song gives you. So I, I actually love it. Um, the Moser one, it's fine, but I will have to say that Damon Moser, someone who I think is actually really underrated. And I absolutely loved in this match that it was only like four or five minutes that this match, it, it was a real sprint, but yeah. Moser did the catcher's Jack elbow drop onto concrete, which was stupid, Ooh. but also great. <laughs> and, uh, he did like a lot of like fun, like like he was also doing like the go to uh, move, the move that I can never pronounce. It's like the Uki. Which one? The oh, Uchigiroshi. Like, yeah, Uchigiroshi. Uh, love that move. Then obviously Whiplash has got great heat because of what he did to Tommy End in the previous chapters. Mm-hmm. And Moser was playing off that. And then Moser got a nice round of applause at the end. So I was really happy with that because Moser is someone that's kind of been left behind in the in the british wrestling scene for whatever reason that is but i loved what watching this back because i think he's actually a pretty decent worker and he was just in a maybe in like a different era where there wasn't so many generational talents around he would have been a pretty steady hand in british wrestling yeah no that's a good point yeah he's he's popping up here straight out of the pro joe in an era with just you got gunther here you got You know, I mean, all these guys that would go on to be huge in the wrestling scene and just maybe got lost in the shuffle. Or maybe it's just because he has no shoulders, which is maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe get some shoulders. I mean, he's like a big, tall, lanky, looks like Gumby. Um, but no, I agree. I, I liked his work here, especially in his, his presence in the main event. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but like you said, pretty quick match here. And we're, we're fresh off of uh, the previous chapter where the main event was Marty Skrull versus Tommy End for the world title. Mikey Whiplash cost Tommy End that match. So like you said, he had huge heat. So, and I'm, I'm assuming we're building to a match between Tommy End and Mikey Whiplash. So to build up Whiplash here, make him look strong, pretty, pretty significant or a pretty, not dominant victory, but a, a, a solid victory over Damon Moser here. Um, Death Valley Driver, I think it is for the win. After like a double power bomb, the Chris Jericho—that's yeah. who I associated with the, the double power bomb. Um, but yeah, but Damon Moser, I think, looks good in defeat, as represented by the, the round of applause that he got after the fact. So, Whiplash wins and he moves on. So all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> and you said you were not happy when Whiplash uh cost Tommy in the match. Oh my god! At the previous yeah. chapter, <laughs> I was. I was such a huge Tommy End fan. I'm still a big fan of him, but like I still don't quite have the feelings towards him that I used to have. I'm I'm a bit of a bitter ex lover. I'm I'm a bit of a Roderick Strong in a net brace. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, obviously, at the time I wasn't really in tune with ICW and things like that, so I didn't really know about Mikey Whiplash as a character. I thought that Michael Gilbert was just his normal character. So right. <laughs> I had no idea. That was my that, introduction to him too. So I I had no idea that Mikey Whiplash and Michael Gilbert were even different people. And then when 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 someone told me at the pub afterwards, I was like, oh, like it's such a different character to Michael Gilbert. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love he came in to progress as Michael Gilbert is like, I don't need these gimmicks or however he talks. 
And then yeah. he's like, oh, wait, maybe I do. Let me put on these pantyhose. And <laughs> it is what it is. But um, let me ask you a question. What is everybody's obsession with the movie Back to the Future? Asking the wrong person <laughs> here, mate. Another hot take. I've never seen it. Never seen it. I, you know what? I saw it for the first time like a year ago. I already forgot everything that happened. So yeah. it didn't leave a lasting impression on me. So I would say you're probably good to but avoid it. But man, I would yeah. say that a wrestler choosing that as their kind of like gimmick to a crowd that were probably teenagers slash young children at that time. Wise move. Mm, I reckon yeah. the nostalgia of that will get you over as a baby face. And he was over here, Look wasn't it he? worked. When, when, when Kenny Williams was announced at 200 gigawatts or whatever the hell it was, the crowd <laughs> ate it up. Like they just saw a title change, man. <laughs> Kenny Williams here, uh, making his progress debut. I guess he, I think he was at a, a download festival. Yeah. Uh, maybe so it like was a, a chapter debut for him. Yeah. Right. So yeah, proper debut, debut for Kenny Williams here going up against Zach Gibson. Uh, you know, speak, we talked about Pete Dunn kind of coming into his own. You could see Zach Gibson transitioning into like what he would end up being. He just needs that goatee. But um, <laughs> he says he cuts promos before all the matches he has on on this weekend. He's doing the soon to be rock. not like that thing. So it's like, yeah. man, I'm so happy we're like getting him coming into his own here. Great. heat, arguably more heat than anybody else in the company at this point, I think. Uh, maybe just pe- people just hate Liverpool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I must admit at the time I was fully on board with like absolutely hating him because he was so Liverpool. But looking back, like, I don't know if it watches great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, times change, I guess. But uh, <laughs> so th- the bollocks, is that what Kenny's nickname is here? Yeah, so he's the bollocks, which is like a British version of saying that I'm the shit. Oh, okay. So what I what I've heard bollocks in, in the in the context of like bullshit, like yes, ah, it's yes. a bunch of bollocks. So he's he's bullshit. So 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 bollocks <laughs> is actually literally balls. It's it's bollocks is oh. testicles. He's balls. He's testicles. <laughs> bollocks he, Mahoney. Huh? He's, bo- he's bollocks Mahoney. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but there's also a different saying, which is, I am the bollocks. So it's like saying, I am the bee's knees. I am, I am the shit. Interesting. I still don't like it, but I think I understand it a little more. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much just white Kushida here. A little bit of, he's <laughs> like if Kushida and Orange Cassidy had a baby, that, that's what Kenny Williams is here. I don't mind that. Um, I don't mind that. You could, you could do a lot worse. Um, <laughs> But another hot start, a start here. Uh, Kenny's coming out hot with all the high flying stuff. He goes for a suicide dive, but Zach catches him and <laughs> does this arm wrench and sends him face first into the wooden floor, which just looked yeah gnarly. Um, you got uh, Gibson pretty much. You know, he works the arm a lot of this match. Hits a, uh, but then Kenny fights back. Second rope cutter for a two count. And then Kenny's able to finally connect with that suicide dive and transitions into a DDT on the floor. Uh, but ultimately, Zach's cunning gets the better here because he pulls the ref in front of him in the ring, distracts Kenny, and is able to throw Kenny's shoulder first into the ring post and locks in the Shankly gates for the tap out. And he, he told him before the match, he, word for word, 
gonna drop you on the dick and rip your arm back like all that stuff right how liverpool people talk so i must admit that's possibly the worst scouse accent i've ever heard i love it (laughs) (laughs) i had it earlier i need to like hear him for a second i need to like tune my brain Uh, pull your arm back i can't i can't do it on the spot (laughs) is that what a scouse is by the way someone from liverpool yeah it is yeah yeah okay he called himself a scouser later in the show, I think. And I was like, what? I love um, this idea of you just kind of noting down all these words and being like, <laughs> I'll ask Ross later. <laughs> I, I need you to hold my hand and pull me through this because it's a lot. It's a lot. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed this match for what it was, man. What about you? Yeah, loved it. Um, big Kenny Williams fan. Here, he hasn't quite reached the level that he later did in NXT UK, in my opinion. I think his NXT UK run was fantastic. And specifically when he started to do the fake babyface thing with Amajar with with Amma Jordan, where mm. it was like where it was like the Lex Luger and Sting thing where he was clearly pissed off with Amma Jordan, but it took like eight weeks for him to, to finally turn on him. But there was that like fo- like that like foe, like, yeah, e- e- everything's great, but really that he had that look right. in his eyes like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. But here, it didn't quite hit those heights, but I thought that this was great. Something that was mentioned to me actually at this very show from my friend Shaf was that he felt that at this time in progress, Zach Gibson, because so many wrestlers in the in the British scene were that kind of like five foot ten cruiserweight, middleweight hybrid, Zach Gibson mm-hmm. actually stands out a fair bit because he's tall, he's broad, he looks like a what a Vince McMahon wrestler would be, I guess even though Vince will probably think he's too small. But right. he had the argument that he's too giving in the ring, that he probably gives away too much. And part mm. of me in this match triggered that, where like he he's he's always the butt of the joke in a match. He always takes these like silly things that he has to like get wrapped up in a in that like ball and then get kicked up the ass and all this uh-huh. and like all that sort of stuff. Whereas he like he never really wrestles like he's six foot two in these matches right. like he's such a technical wrestler and and like sometimes i like i do agree with with that um sentiment from my friend but uh, but like uh, at the same time he just is a chicken shit heel even though he's bigger than anyone else so it kind of works yeah 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 maybe that's just the product of where he is because yeah like that thunder he was in a thunder bastard match you know a month or two before this and he, he towered over everybody except <laughs> rampage but he had like marty in there he had osprey and haskins like yeah gibson's like a, a big boy yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe that's just his forte. Maybe he he's the, te- the technical wrestling maybe makes him stand out more, especially, I mean, in this era of, you know, the Atlas title getting underway and you got, you know, big tasty fuckers all over the place. Maybe yeah. he just and he's to, kind of in the middle of both, isn't he? Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, 205, we will. Is that the next match? The Atlas? No, it's a little bit later. But yeah, 205. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to Atlas talk later. <laughs> we got it first talk about tk cooper the south pacific uh what's their deal with him and dahlia south, the pa- south power pacific couple. power couple that later became the south pacific power trip in a faction yeah mm, i like it i like it well he's taking on jack gallagher here in the next tournament match so we got uh so jack gallagher at this point's blowing up uh, he's already qualified for the cruiserweight classic that WWE is putting on. So the collaboration between progress and WWE, obviously huge. Um, and especially that he's, you know, who they sent as a representation of their company big time. 
the crowd's loving them. I mean, with the silly music and the goofy trunks and the stupid mustache, the Nigel Thornberry references. I mean, it all works. And he's a great wrestler on top of that. So and then you got TK Cooper. So uh, coming out here and the looks like pajama pants with the 100 emoji all over them. Keep it 100. <laughs> you, you strike me as a big TK Cooper fan. Yeah. So full disclosure, um, me and the wrestling should be fun boys. Probably count TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo as like our closest confidants in the wrestling world. Oh. They're just two great lads. And uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to wax lyrical about him. So feel free to balance it out. If you so wish. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I mean, he's, um, it's like him and Dahlia black who are uh, mates, I guess at this point, well, not mates, you guys use mates differently. Uh, (laughs) They're, 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 they're coitus buddies, I guess. They're basically making love on the way to the ring which is their thing, which by the way, I mean, look, if their goal is to make me hate them, it's working because they're so obnoxious with it. How good uh, is it when TK has his eyes open and is tonguing Dahlia Black? <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so hideous. like, who are you and why you're on my TV? I want to, to, <laughs> to punch you so bad. <laughs> it's rough, man. I don't know. The, the dynamic between them kind of in a way reminds me of like a Mark Merrow Sable deal where at this point, at least it feels like Dolly is kind of the star of the show. Maybe that changes as time goes on, but um, I think it works. It's good heat. And then Jack Gallagher kind of takes advantage of their, their flirting and whatnot. But (laughs) I like, I mean, I thought the match did what uh, it took with my pickle, I guess. What'd you think about this one? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I like, I actually made the note watching this back that, I'm actually kind of surprised that TK Cooper wasn't picked up. I don't know w- what the reason was politically or any, or any other reason that TK Cooper wasn't picked up because t- to me, his character, especially at this point, it's so American pro wrestling. He's, a, he's, he's basically yeah. Ricky Starks previous to <laughs> Ricky Starks being uh, in, in pro wrestling. He's cocky. He's right. brash. He's, he's got the piece by his side it's it's like wrestling 101 and jack gallagher is actually quite a niche british character like like i'm surprised that they went with jack over someone like tk when you think about american pro wrestling i feel like tk fits that style a lot a lot better than jack does well i think for the cruiserweight classic and how every country is represented i think they maybe want to get the most cartoonishly like 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 a caricature of that country maybe yeah, so they'll send jack gallagher and then the guy zach saber who has the union jack on his jacket, <laughs> yes you know yeah, yeah. so really drive it home <laughs> but yeah i absolutely love this and i loved the finish was tk was on top and then rather than taking advantage he was looking at dahlia being like look what i'm about to to do and then look back and then got drop kicked to <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh man. Stiff city, man. Uh, that was hilarious finish. I mean, they're blowing kisses, they're canoodling, and you see a boot come out of frame, clips them in the jaw. It was very Seamus, um, AJ Lee, Daniel Bryan, wasn't it? That's a good call. It's almost identical to what it was. Um, but loved it. I mean, uh, not maybe I didn't love that as much as the TK Pooper chant oh, which i yeah, thought was fun yeah. <laughs> you probably started that one right now yeah, yeah that was the that was the childish one right <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way i gotta make i gotta make note you know so tk comes out for his entrance 
And Jack comes out. And he's like doing his dance in the ring. He's ready for the music cue for everybody to go. Whoa! What's what's the song called? Oh, I don't know what the song. Like everybody, yeah. And then it like crescendos, and then he's about to like pose to the crowd, but TK Pearl Harbors him before he can do it, and then he like attacks him before the bell. But then Jim Smallman doesn't care, so he just like continues his ring introductions. And yeah, yeah. They ring the bell, and then like. Jack Gallagher locks him in an Achilles lock, like right at the bell. So it was like really fun bookends to this match, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. So at this point, um, TK Cooper was quite well known for his like underhand Pearl Harbor jobs. And there was one chapter, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Dahlia was wrestling and he tweeted a picture of his fist and was like, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> and was like, I'm about to hit Tony Storm with this. <laughs> <laughs> then came out. Did it? Punched her in the in the face. They went. They went backstage and tweeted underneath it, saying like, "I told you so." <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's that reminds me. It was like ninety eight, ninety nine. WWF. It was on Raw or SmackDown. One of the two. Edge and Christian came out like as a guest commentators during a match, and Edge was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do some commentary, and then we're gonna do a run in." And then <laughs> oh, they, so did, they, did, they did a run in. So funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Somebody needs to TK. We need to bring TK over here, man. He needs to be doing something for sure. Um, But we're back at the big tasty fuckers. We got a double tournament match here. We got it's all it's the first round of the super strong style, but it's also a part of the Atlas championship round Robin tournament block a represented here. So the Atlas championship. Now, maybe it's evolved over time, but as as at this point, it's the weight limit is 205 and up, which to me it does not sound like a big tasty fuckers championship. Like I'm I'm in this division. You know yeah. what I mean? So but as I uh, said, what, what you, um yeah. the British and European wrestling scene, full of little cruiserweights, full of little fl- uh, flippy dudes. So yeah, yeah. this is just an opportunity to get those big beefy guys back in because the style of the day was very cruiserweight middleweight mm-hmm. and i think this was a way to get those wrestlers on the card because for whatever reason you know sticks isn't getting booked anymore which was a shame <laughs> where is sticks at i think he's just you know working out i think he does a bit of training maybe look he's still jacked to this day so he's know, right? doing something right he's a big boy he's a big beefy boy well we got uh, so the Atlas tournament. So they're all 15 minute time limit matches. You get a point for a win, zero for a draw or whatever it is, but um, might be two points for a win, whatever the case is. So basically here, if if no, if there's no fall by 15 minutes, then it's considered a draw for the Atlas tournament. But the match will still continue for the purposes of the super yeah. strong style 60, which I thought was a funny bit of admin they had to do, but it worked. Yeah. Um, I don't think it went 15 minutes either way. I mean, it's Dave Mastiff versus Walter. This ain't going 15 minutes. <laughs> this this might be a top three match for me from this oh, really? tournament. Um, we'll we'll see as we go along here. But I I enjoyed the dynamic here. You got Mastiff is you know full origin, full dickhead. You got Walter, Big Daddy Walter coming in here who is still on the come up. He's still very much new to progress. I think it's only like his fourth or fifth yes. uh, match. And he at this at this point, he still has not gotten a win, which is crazy because in WXW and stuff, he's like this dominant world beater. And here it's yeah, like yeah. a different universe. Um, 
and, and Walter even lost his last Atlas title match against Tyson T-Bone, which just seems weird to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's big, big lads wrestling, man. What'd you make of it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, it's so interesting watching Walter matches back from this era because obviously some, like it's a bit like um, a band that get big and you've got those people that will refuse to say that the later albums are any good and that the first two albums are the only two good albums. Right. And you're going to get people like that with, with Walter because they, because they were there for when he was bigger and he had a presence and et cetera, et cetera. I think that's absolute nonsense. And I think that what he's done with his body of work and his literal body since leaving for mm-hmm. America has been incredible. But there's something special about these matches that are just like, you can just tell that's, that there's something in Volta that you can just tell mm-hmm. is about to break out. You can't quite put your finger on it because the matches don't quite hit how they do even like six months, a year later. But there's mm-hmm. just something about him, isn't there? There's like, like, there, like there's a presence about him. And the fact that, that this is his first ever win in progress is quite cool that, 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 that we just watch this, like, because obviously so weird to have him not win matches. What is it? Two years that he's, <laughs> that he's not yeah. lost a match. Like, yeah. And, and Dave Mastiff is perfect for him because weirdly he's kind of bigger. Like he's, well, he's definitely wider than him. Uh, he's just an absolute beast of a boy as well. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's heel here as well, I think really works because he got to play the underhand stuff. And I think Mastiff's better as a heel personally. Um, I would agree. The, we, unfortunately, we didn't really get to, to see that on NXT UK, which, which was a bit of a shame. Um, they kept him as a face pretty much throughout. Um, mm. But yeah, I absolutely love this match. It's exactly what you expect Walter to, Walter versus Mastiff to be. And I'm I'm a little bit surprised that it's, that it's top three for you, but I'm not going to argue with you because I loved it as well. Top five maybe is more fair, but I... I I think it surprised me how much I like this match because at this point, Walter, like his progress matches, like like they hadn't really hit for me. But this one, I feel like there was just like an energy about it. Maybe it's the the opposite, the the opposing big man also. And then the fact that they were both like like trying to body slam each other, like all the classic big lads wrestling type stuff. And there was like a little bit more high flying by both guys than normal. I think the match Um, a few chapters previous where they broke the ring with Rampage helped a lot for, for Walter. Yeah, it made Walter feel like that, a big yeah. deal. I think that sparked his fuse, and I think this one was. I think this this weekend in totality, I think was kind of a breakout for Walter for sure yeah. in progress. Um, but yeah, ultimately, and they they do the superplex uh, mastiff to Walter, and you, you had to fear the ring was going to collapse underneath <laughs> itself. Yeah, it's not a big <laughs> ring. To, and I'm sure they they had to rush to put it together. It's probably just <laughs> held together with rubber bands and shit. Um, but I guess it was put together right. So <laughs> there's not but, much uh, of a bigger test than that. Is, <laughs> is there to be no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but a fun combination here to finish. Walter hits Mastiff with a German suplex, a big old lariat, and then just like a bulldog choke for the tap out. So yeah, Walter it, gets the win here. Finish. Yeah, yeah. I, Walter just kind of grabs people and squeezes them until they taps out. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like about him. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird that this is like an upset. Now, like you yeah, said, Gunther yeah. now is just the most dominant IC champion of all time. He's coming out on Raw with a suit and pyro, and here he's just in his hoodie, like doop boop doop doop <laughs> coming out like good natured Walter stinks kind of. But like when he's in the ring, it was awesome. Also, coming out to the band Drive By Truckers is just weird. 
Yeah, it's always okay. I'd never really cared to look into it, but it's, kind it's of always like, um, yeah, the, kind of like southern gritty rock and roll. It just doesn't fit him at all. But <laughs> it's like it's like he's pulling up in a pickup truck with you know some some natty lights or whatever the hell. But <laughs> whatever, man. Whatever floats your boat, Gunther or Walter, Big Daddy Walter. Uh, but boy, that brings us to my match of the weekend for sure. Chris Hero versus Mark Andrews. So, um, I mean, there's a lot to say about this, but I thought, you know, Chris Hero comes in here. I was kind of, because like I said, I think this is in between his two runs in WWE, right? Yeah. So I was interested to see like what would be the reception of him and like how he would be kind of perceived. Like, would he be like, oh, I'm back here on the Indies. Everybody cheer for me. But in reality, he's like a dick. Like he's like, up against Mark Andrews here. He kind of treats Andrews like he doesn't belong. Like he's like, he spits in his hand before the handshake. Yeah. By the way, if I were to spit in my hand and offer my hand to you, would you shake it? You're British. You have to do it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. It's a cultural difference. Because I've seen that, right? And then and like WWE or whatever, people like look and then put their hand down. And the other guy's like, ah, I'm not shaking that. But Mark Andrews here is just like, all right. And then they shake and when whatever, you're British, but. we've got these weird social rules and, you know, you can't trump having your hand shaken. It's the, it's like the, it, that's why the British guys always did the best in ROH because of the handshake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Code of honor must be applied. I get it. I get it. But um, yeah, I love the vibe of this match. I mean, would you agree that this is probably the match of this chapter? Yeah, as I said, I think it's my favorite progress match of all time. Uh, right. It was just a special atmosphere. Um, Chris Hero arrived <clears throat> at, at a time when he was killing it on the American indie scene back from NXT. It was such an exciting signing that progress brought in for Super Strong Style 16. I think he was probably the big net. Like There were some big names on it elsewhere, but Hero was the last announced, and it was a big, holy shit, mm-hmm. they've got Chris Hero. And then the, the the fact that they put him up against Andrews, I absolutely love because so many people would have wanted him to go against uh, just just all the big guys, put him against Rampage, put him against mm-hmm. Volta, which they which they did, but they would have kind of kept him at that kind of big meaty level. And I love the fact that that they put him up up against Andrews because it's something that I think is underrated in wrestling, where you've got a big guy and a small guy. Like some of mm-hmm. my favorite matches are stupid matches like Rey Mysterio and. and nash from like 99 <laughs> like that there's just something in the dynamic of a huge guy getting the sh- shit beaten out of him like mm-hmm. i get that people like to see two meaty guys chopping each other but there's something even more almost visceral about seeing someone so much smaller than than them getting kicked in the head and some of the strikes that mm-hmm. hero did on, on in this match on Andrews and Andrews didn't even have to, to sell them. He was just taking them. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I absolutely loved it. Andrews is one of the best in, in not just British wrestling, but in wrestling, in my opinion, to fight from underneath. He's such a plucky character. You oh, just yeah. love him. He's just like a lovable, likable bloke and he's got heart and he's got, but like some people you can see through the facade and you're like, yeah, of course they're going to, this is the point where they, ask the crowd to clap along or the, or they're going to ask right. the crowd. like his just feels it's organic. genuine. It, like it feels, yeah. yeah, it feels genuine. And I, as you say, hero here was playing the bully 
and he was playing it superbly. And Andrews was was playing the the um, what's the word the underdog, Boy, the, yeah, fantastically well. So it was just absolutely perfect. And I was amazed when I heard that this, that this was their first ever match. If this was their first ever match, really? what what are they doing by not having more matches? Good lord, so so good. <laughs> the kickouts yeah. in this match, dude. I get a bit annoyed at kickouts sometimes in wrestling mm-hmm. but these all felt genuine as you said about andrews in general and the crowd reaction to the um like sit up power driver in particular where he hooked his mm-hmm. arms underneath his big thighs unbelievable and then andrews managed to get one 2.9 as well i think that people bit on as well which was great yeah. as well so yeah just whoever put this match together whether it was someone in the back or just these two by themselves big round of applause and it's a match that i go back and watch probably once a year because i just love it and there's something about that ballroom crowd when they're hyped it's just a special place and Mm. for these 10 minutes it just felt like an amazing amazing match and it was great because as well that the first two minutes it just felt like another first round match and it just kind of like out of nowhere, it just became this, like something just clicked and people could yeah. see it and people and people felt it and it was real. And yeah, I loved it. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, the crowd, this is the most, I mean, that's really the litmus test of how good a wrestling match is, I feel like, is how invested the crowd is. And I don't think they're more invested in anything than the ending stretch of this match. So, yeah. And I mean, I was watching this, man. And I mean, I don't, wrestling doesn't often like bring noise out of me. Like, <laughs> oh, like on kickouts and like the, some of the strikes, but man, I was like yelping like a dog watching this. There was some like, cause obviously hero, you know, where you're getting with him, you're getting the stiff elbows and the forearms, the boots. There was one spot in particular. It was kind of like an under, under the radar thing, but like Andrews hits the ropes and just the way the cameras like zoomed in on just Andrews and you just see this boot come from out of yeah. frame and just yeah. clobber him just with the opposite momentum. It was just brutal. Um, all of the, you know, the disc, discus elbows, the roaring elbows, uh, Andrews to your point was super resilient in this one. Um, Andrews does hits a, he hits a poison Ron at, at, uh, yeah. at some point for a two count. That might be the one you're referring to. Um, hero hits that pile driver you mentioned. Yeah. I don't know what you call it, but he, he like tucks the arms <laughs> under his legs so it that so I don't know good. what that adds to it, but it makes it look <laughs> I thought he was gonna go for like a styles class or something, but then he just drops straight down. Like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't get it done. Andrews goes for I like I like when Andrews <clears throat> goes for like a dragon suplex, but then Kiro like slaps right, his yeah. arms down and he's like, You're not suplexing me. So he like gets him off of him, but then Andrews comes back and eventually does do it, drops him on his head trading strikes both these guys and then uh andrews goes for a shooting star press but hero catches him in a cravat and suplexes him out of this cravat and then hits a rolling elbow and i'm like well that's gotta be it nope two count and hero's like well fuck you man he just picks him up scoop pile driver like a tombstone but like a quick version of it and that gets the win so it's very like the way it like he like slowly kind of put him down i thought was really dramatic and i thought the crowd was with it i was with it the drama was there the impact was there yeah 
definitely awesome match. Anybody, if, they, if you're going to watch one match from this show, anybody listening, this is, this is the one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And props to um, Mark Andrews in 2023 as well with his summer of subculture with Danny Luna and Morgan Webster in yeah. Impact Wrestling and becoming tag team champions there. Super cool just to, to see him still doing his thing because he's so underrated in it just in general, I think. Right. Yeah. Him and Flash. Are they still the Impact champions? Uh, no, they lost to the Rascals, I think. Mm. But still, like, well, great that they put the belts on them and, like, they held their own. It seemed as if they got really over there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, after that, how do you follow that? Well, with some Lucha Underground, we got Son of Havoc versus Jeremiah Jeremiah Crane here. <laughs> did you ever watch Lucha Underground? So we did a bit of it for uh, Wrestling Should Be Fun when we used to do the blog. And it's just mm. batshit, wasn't it? Absolute batshit. <laughs> Dude, it's just... So, there's there's not a lot of wrestlers that I, like, actively dislike. But Sammy Callahan's kind of one of... I don't know what it is. It's his stupid singlet. His his spamming of the pump kicks. The... His, I don't know what it is. His face. Maybe, maybe it's just his face. Um, he, he looked good in this match here. I mean, the couple matches he had... Uh, on this chapter, but he's facing off against Matt Cross here, which is crazy the shape this dude is in. Like, what, 20 years into his career, probably at this point? Yeah. Um, I thought this was a fun sprint of a match. It's a tough ask to follow the previous match, but I thought the way they kind of came out hot right from the gate, like trading suicide dives, yeah. which like sounds silly, but it worked for some reason. Um, I, th- I thought this was another fun sprint of a match. What'd you make of it? Yeah, like you're absolutely spot on with they they came out here 100 miles per hour and I get the impression that, that they were in the back listening to the reaction that Hero and Andrews were getting and they were like, hmm. fuck the plan that we had previously. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just going to go all out here. Um, it, it like it like it didn't feel like it, it stopped for breath at any point this match. Uh, they just went no. out and just gave everything that they had for that crowd to, to try and stay with them because they knew that it was a tough act to follow. But I thought that they did a fantastic job. And the story of the match was quite interesting as well, because obviously they kind of were doing move for move, stride for stride, but at, but at like a net break pace. So it was like, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> it's a bit of a car crash, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and then um, I really enjoy as well, sometimes in tournaments that you can tell a long-term story, even in three or four matches. And mm. I like the fact that, that that Callahan arrived as someone that progress wrestling fans either knew of from elsewhere or didn't know of at all. So he kind of came in with like a clean slate and he didn't act in heel or face way at all. He just wrestled at that breakneck pace. But then mm-hmm. by the end, because of the way that he won with the low blow, it sets him up for the heel for the next match. So I thought that was a really smart bit of uh, storytelling. Yeah. No, that's a good call. And Matt Cross, I mean, he's such a likable guy. Really, a real pioneer in a lot of ways for that high-flying style. I mean, busting out that flagpole elbow. I don't know what yeah. you call it, where he like grabs yeah. the ring post and hangs horizontal and elbow to the floor. Always awesome to see. Uh, some head spring cutters by Matt Cross. He he goes for a shooting star on the Callahan, uh, hits it. But Callahan gets his foot on the rope. Just the way the camera was set up, you like couldn't see his foot. So it was like, what yeah. happened? But then he has his foot on the rope. But yeah, that, I think that was the first time that I, that I ever saw that head spring that Tyler Bate now does. Um, right. Obviously, Tyler Bate yeah. does it into a clothesline, but crossed it into the cutter. And I remember, and I watched this live, and I remember just turning to my mate, being like, "That is the 
maddest thing I've ever seen. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> it's like, how is it physically possible? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, so the finish comes when Cross, he goes for like a half and half suplex, but Callahan grabs the ref to rustle his feathers or whatever to distract him. And then Callahan's able to hit a low blow on a Matt Cross and then follows it up with a J driller or whatever he calls it. It's a J driller to me um, yeah. for the win. So Callahan wins, like you said, essentially establishing that he's a heel and that'll get furthered on the next night. But yeah, so solid, a, a great way to follow that last match. I thought, yeah, definitely like, cause they could, because they were in a tough spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the last tournament match of the first night, we got Tommy end versus rampage Brown. So this match felt like it was all like the vibe of it. Like if it was like two, like two of the most dominant guys in progress. Um, there it's like it wasn't pretty, but there was a lot of fire behind it. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. That, that's just kind of how this one felt like the, the intense stare down during the ring intros. And it starts off with like a hockey fight type thing where it's just a brawl. But uh, Rampage is ultimately able to use his power to kind of get advantage. But. What did you think of this one? I was kind of like, because this is the one that like stuck out to me, like when I read it on paper, but I don't know yeah. if it really like hit me. Yeah, it so didn't really got, resonate with me too much. I think I read that they only got seven minutes in this match and it kind of yeah. showed, you know, like um, not that every match has to be 15 minutes. You can definitely squeeze in a great match into seven minutes, but <clears throat> these two, I feel warranted more than that, but it is what it is. Like this could have easily been a chapter main event elsewhere if, if it wasn't mm-hmm. a tournament. Um, but, I, but, but I did quite enjoy the storyline because Rampage lost. They still kept him strong because Rampage was pretty much on top here. It was just the strikes of end were too much. And the way that his body just crumpled on the black mass for this was amazing. I loved this. The, yeah. uh, I loved the sell of this. And it was the start of pretty much this tournament was great for Tommy End in general because he obviously won the that he won the match because um, he won the tournament, spoiler. But mm-hmm. um, not only that, but this tournament kind of made the black mass a thing every match yes. black mass was the, the kind of like the reason that the uh tommy n won and the only shame was that they didn't come up with a name for it at, at the tournament because they seemed to be putting over right. the putting over the move but they hadn't figured out what to call it yet oh so that they, that kick <laughs> so yeah like but i love the idea that that you could use a tournament to put over a new move like that's really cool yeah yeah, it's interesting because he had been using that move for a while, but it was always just like a setup yeah, into something the, else. What was the? It's like the stomp thing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Sumerian Sumerian death stomp. Yeah, or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, and it really the first time he used it as a finish was against Marty Skrull at the two chapters before this, I think. Yeah, and Skrull sold it great um, as well. Yeah, it was like a flash knockout, non-title, unfortunately. And then he did it again the following chapter for the title. And then he had the Mikey Whiplash shit and stuff. But yeah, um, I do like like the story here. Like you mentioned, you know, Rampage, like he has all of his power moves, the pile driver, the power bombs. But it just takes one kick from Tommy, that black mass. And that's all it takes. And they're, they're, he beat the world champion with it. So Rampage losing to it as well um, made him look strong because it almost... I don't want to say it was a fluke kick, but it was, I mean, it was kind of came out of yeah. nowhere and yeah, it's yeah. just, that's all he needed. So, yeah. Um, so it was good for what it was. I will say though, I got more to say on the black mass in the second night, but um, <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with that. But before we get there, we got the main event 
of night one for the progress tag team shields. We got the origin represented by El Ligero and Nathan Cruz taking on the London riots. Hey, when are we going to get rid of these stupid fucking shields and just get some belts? You still got a while, mate. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> suck me, dude. Yeah, I, I do love the Ligero comes out. He's like shooting it like a machine gun and he's like so surfing on it across the floor. <laughs> stupid. And they, the origin, they like corner Jim Smallman in the corner as he's announcing them. It's, yeah. Love the origin. I mean, we could gush about the origin for, for days, but um, this, this match felt very much like a, like an attitude era style match where it's like a lot of brawling. It's a lot of crowd fighting. And then there's a ton of shenanigans towards the final stretch. But ultimately, man, I thought it was a very high note to end the night on. Um, Lots of, I mean, some people might not like this type of match, but I I thought the shenanigans, the referee spots, the the interference, I thought it all played perfectly. What'd you think about this? Yeah, I loved it. Like I'm an advocate for progress wrestling, probably being the best storytellers in, British wrestling um, mm. shout out to pro wrestling chaos at the moment in Bristol who are doing a fantastic job with what they do. That's actually run by um, wild boar and uh, flash Morgan Webster. Um, oh, nice. they've been putting out some, some great storylines recently, but, but back here rev pro was pretty much a dream factory where they would, p- would put on probably better matches and matches mm-hmm. that you would be like, Oh shit, Nakamura's coming or Steen's coming. And, and, and it would bring people there, including me. But I just watched that show the other day, by the way. Continue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but this is the place where the stories were. And yeah. the fact that they gave this the main event was great because this was a year-long storyline, pretty much. And then mm-hmm. it ends with the original tag team of Progress, the London Riots, that have never held the gold previously, holding the gold. is a nice uh, feel-good mm-hmm. moment for everyone. Uh, I don't know if the ball's up to f- finish with the two count that, that, was, boss- that was possibly a free count hurt or helped the match because it would kind of create yeah. this kind of it kind of I created think it ended there it kind of created a chaos that fit the match so it kind of worked i think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but i love all the like as you say not not everyone likes the run-ins and the, the attitude style storytelling of three or four people coming in but when it's if it was every match like nitro became yeah i get it like it's it's too much but when you're telling a story, like you need these things to happen sometimes, you know, like, um, yeah. and, and it helped the match in my opinion. And the crowd reaction for the ref hitting El Ligero was fantastic. And the finish was great. <laughs> I thought the, uh, the super pop-up spear finisher looked great as well. So mm-hmm. really happy with it. And I think progress m- must've been happy with the show overall because the crowd reactions throughout the night were really, really good. And to mm-hmm. end it on a high here, which is, I, I actually think the pop for this was bigger than, than, ends on day two which is pretty wild but yeah but but this is obviously people beating the origin who people hate so (laughs) yeah it's um yeah man like this style of match to your point like we had just seen eight work rate you know quote-unquote style matches so to end it on like a spectacle like this i thought was great pacing yeah um but yeah, it's like it's just a bunch of chaos. Like, yeah, it's the, it's just Legero and Nathan Cruz representing the team. But you got your Mastiff getting involved. You got Gibson getting involved. They um they get ejected very early in the match, but they eventually come back. I think uh, Gibson comes back. He like tries to get on the apron. This is as a ref is down, of course, because why wouldn't they be? 
Uh, Gibson gets on the apron, but he gets speared off the apron by, I think, uh, one of the riots. Um, Mastiff comes in as the other ref is distracted, hits James Davis with a low blow, then hits him with the shield. And that gets a one, two kick out, which was a huge pop. I think yeah. it seemed like such a finish to a match, but. And a classic um, finish for Origin as well. It's like, oh, here we go again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the Origin have been booked very strong up to this point. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like it because they're all there's so much bullshit like associated <laughs> with them, but they win like everything. So um dear that that you know people are hungry to see them lose finally. Yeah. Um so two refs get knocked out. Chris Roberts, uh Paz is Paz as Paz, yeah. Um, so the third ref, which I think they only have three refs, Joe, <laughs> Joe Allen, I believe his name yeah, is. Yeah. He comes out Legero, I think. Yeah. Cause they get that two count. The origin does. So Legero's pissed. He pulls Joe Allen out of the ring, grabs him by the neck, throws a right hand, but then Joe Allen blocks <laughs> it and hits Legero with one, which is just hilarious. Some great heaven um, shit. Dude. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> he, um, and then the, the the riots hit their slingshot into a spear on Nathan Cruz. He kicks out at two, but the bell rings and the music plays. And the ref's like, no, 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 just two. Crowd's confused, but they hit a second, like uh, I, I don't even know what you call it. They he taught they tossed him off the second rope, and then the other guy speared him in yeah. midair. It looked great. Looked great. One, two, three. New tag team champions, the London Riots. Uh, yeah, like you said, huge pop crowd loved it Had a, a very heartfelt speech afterwards. So just a great way to end the show. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that brings us to night two of chapter 30. We got, uh, so Jim Smallman, as he often does, or as he always does, uh, opens the show and he announces that. Mark Haskins, after his match, collapsed from exhaustion and dehydration. So he is unfit to compete tonight. So he will no longer be in this tournament, which, you know, again, like, I mean, it's crazy because I figured he'd be the one to win. But now it just opens up so many possibilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think when you when you heard that announcement? I was gutted. Um yeah. Massive fan of Mark Haskins. Love, love seeing him wrestle. I was lucky enough last month to to be at the ballroom for the show where he he wrestled Kenta, right? And it was fantastic. Ooh. Really, really, really good match. Um, so yeah, I was really gutted, and I won't go too much into it because I don't want to spoil things for you. But unfortunately for Haskins, this sort of stuff seems to happen to him a fair bit. Like his career mm. seems to be stop start, whether it be COVID or injury or mental fatigue. Like, yeah, yeah, he's he's a wrestler that probably could have accomplished what a lot of his peers did, but for whatever reason, did, didn't quite, which is a shame. But let's not c compare apples and oranges. He's still a fantastic mm -hmm. wrestler, and people that know about him all love him. Yeah, no, he's great. I mean, he's I've said it before. He's like the guy that like of all the people that upon watching progress of guys that like, I did not know he's the one that's like resonated with me the most. And it was just, just based off his presentation his wrestling. And I think there's a lot of value in that. So, yeah, but hopefully he, I mean, he's still at it. So definitely yeah. going to be following him for sure. Uh, tell me about smash wrestling. So I didn't even know smash wrestling existed until <laughs> this announcement. Um, well, Johnny Gargano was the champion. So apparently it's a big deal. Yeah. So spoiler alert. Um, in an upcoming show, you're going to get treated to an absolute 
belter of a match between Mark Haskins and Johnny for the belt. Ooh. And it's very, Dead. very, very good. That is, that sounds like my cup of tea, right? <laughs> right? See, I'm learning. Um, or maple syrup. Well, that's good to know. Oh, okay. Is that, is that guitar? Is that what you guys do over there? No, that's Smash Mouse. I smashed her from Canada, I think. <laughs> okay. What the hell is Smash? Okay, is, is it a candy? <laughs> so smash, I've never heard of Smash before. I don't know. But maybe they just like, you know, <laughs> they liked uh, the Repo Man back in the day. <laughs> oh, who didn't? Who didn't? Uh, well, since Mark Haskins is out, we got a alternate eight man match for that spot. So all of the losers from the previous night are, and it's not a battle Royal. It's not elimination. It's just, Hey, throw eight guys in there. See who wins. Um, it's like one of the, like the wrestling games. It's like always yeah. a story mode. It's like, it's always a pain in the ass to win, but that's what <laughs> we got here. And, uh, well, it's, it's announced as eight people because there was eight tournament matches the night before, but the origin also lost. So they come out and say, Hey, we should be in this. So now they're in it, I guess. Um, it, it's, now it's a 10 man. It's a yeah, one so, fall match. So being in the crowd for this live was fantastic because we didn't know that this was going to be happening. This, this match. And it was like, Oh wow. There's like all these, in- <clears throat> there's all these incredible wrestlers in this match. It's going to be a crazy eight, eight person uh, match. That's just going to be great to kick off the show. There was a real buzz and excitement up as the, as the match was about to start. And you can see mm-hmm. that the, bell guy is about to tap the bell and then that fucking origin music hits and you're like here i am <laughs> and we're fucking like dildos. i thought we got rid of you guys last night <laughs> oh man it's just always such a slow entrance to it's, it's so phenomenal. phenomenal and i loved how like they came out and did their bit and everyone hates them and then was it andrews and cross just did the flip over the top onto them both like fuck you yep <laughs> bell rings i guess we're in this match now <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just chaos. I mean, any spots in particular stick out to you in this one? Do you know what? This match was such a blur. I didn't really make any notes. (laughs) I was just like, I was just like, this is really like my main, my main note on this was that actually I really like the second chance premise. Like, yeah, just, just, it breaks up the, the like tournament matches. Like, so it's not just one-on-one all the time. And Obviously, it doesn't make sense because people have already lost and they shouldn't have any right to go back in. But I kind of yeah. love the premise. I don't know what you I don't could like do. the idea. I don't think I like the idea of somebody winning a tournament when they lost a match. Yeah, yeah, that is. But that is no. the thing. Like maybe you could like have the Throw winner people of, that weren't in the tournament, maybe in a match. Yeah, or maybe all the losers then get a title shot for like the secondary title if it does have a. Um, like a Proteus title as it is mm. now in, in progress, something like that, because these kind of multi-man matches to kick off a show is always so, like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody kind of gets, I mean, there's no like storytelling. There's no, no, you know, feel a feel out process chain wrestling. It's just, everybody's getting in their, uh, their big moves. Um, there's a fun little interaction between Matt cross and Mark Andrews, the two high flyers. Um, Nathan or, Matt Cross does the, uh, what do you call it? The Sasuke special or whatever, like yes, the handspring yeah. into the moonsault over the top rope onto everybody. Um, Leguero tries to dive onto everybody, but Joe Allen, who they had a little run in <laughs> the night before, he's like, no, 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 you're not doing that. But then he ends up like backdropping Leguero over the <laughs> pile of bodies and then 
Rampage goes to the top and he, he shows why he shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he dives to the pile of bodies again onto the outside. He kind of slips, but ah, he lands it. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Mark Andrews busting out a double poison Rana somehow to Pete Dunn and Legero. Oh, yeah, that, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but then ultimately, Mark Andrews hits the shooting star press to Pete Dunn for the win. And, you know, when, when this happens, so Mark Andrews wins, he's back in the tournament. And my thought is like, well, this makes sense. He had the best match the night before. Let's throw him in there and have some more good matches. And it's like, maybe we'll get Chris Hero versus Mark Andrews again, which I'm not yeah. going to complain about. So who do you um, think was was also in the like running for that shot? Like when they had to make that call in the morning, do you think it was between him and Rampage maybe? Ooh, looking at these names. I almost like because I was when I was watching this, I was like you. It was like kind of like it was it felt like a blur and it was hard to digest. But I was like also like so whoever wins this isn't winning the tournament. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but the winner of this would go on to the finals. So eggs on my face, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, Mark Andrews is up there. To me, it'd be like like an underdog type of person to like win this battle royals. Maybe like uh, maybe a, not Kenny Williams. I don't think Kenny Williams would do it unless you just wanted to like hot shot him like really kind of really show who he yeah, is yeah. but um rampage rampage you could always go to legero can maybe or i mean uh or yeah legero or dave mastiff could uh be underhanded and kind of play off of that well we lost but we're still yeah. in it ha 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 kind of thing but part, part of me thinks legero would have actually been a really good shout here because that would have mm-hmm. meant that tommy ends win in the final would have meant a lot more i think because it's a lot more yeah. of a celebration that he wins. Whereas because of what Andrews went through and winning was a bit like, Oh, I'm happy for end. Yes. I kind of wanted Andrews to win. <laughs> That's a good call actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it was, it was fun for what it was. Eh, throw Damon Moser in there. Who cares? Yeah. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Mo's ho. Mo, a hoser. I don't know. That's a different thing. Well, Mark Andrews wins. But boy, the Pearl Harbor jobs are just all over the place. Mike, Mikey Whiplash attacks him on the stage as he's about to leave. And uh, Whiplash is like, hey, let's just do this quarterfinal match right now. And Andrews is like, I'm a baby face, so I got to say yes. So now we have this match <laughs> right away. And man, this shit always happens to Mark Andrews. He won the progress title and then he had to face Jimmy Havoc. It's just maybe he asks for it. I don't know. <laughs> he's too nice. He is. He is. He, he has a very like bullyable face yeah. about him, you know, and saliva all over his hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't think he washed it off. You think it's still there? <laughs> well, no saliva here, not on his hand or the band. Uh, but Mikey Whiplash is here. He, it's he throws him in the ring. Obviously, he, he took advantage of him not seeing him coming, goes for his Death Valley driver in the ring. But Mark Andrews, that cheeky bloke, counters into a roll-up out of nowhere for the win. So Mark Andrews, I mean, I don't know, it was like 60 seconds yeah, it was of, really, really uh, short. from bell to bell. But uh, Andrew, or Andrews just kind of like catches him by surprise and gets the quick flash win here. So, um, yeah, so Andrews moves on. How did you feel about that? How would you feel about how all this played out? I absolutely loved it. I think it made perfect sense for Whiplash to to, to try and win in a cheap way. It made perfect sense to get Andrews being the baby face and accepting and then pulling out the win like he's always capable of. So, yeah, tick, tick, tick for me. 
Yeah, I think by the end of this night, Mikey Whiplash just looks like a silly goose. Like, <laughs> I know we're building to him and Tommy End, or maybe, I'm assuming. Yeah. But it didn't seem like a guy was going to beat Tommy End. But we'll, we'll we'll touch more on him. We're not done with Mikey Whiplash tonight, yeah. that's for sure. Um, But after that, we got our, our next quarterfinal match. We got Zach Gibson versus Jack Gallagher. Um, I think this is so Gibson does his whole spiel in the beginning. The uh, soon to be recognized the Liverpool's number one, which I think is like his new catchphrase at yeah. this point, which is you'll, what he would go on to. You'll hear a lot more of that. <laughs> oh, hey, I watched NXT UK, man. I'm familiar. Um, he calls himself a scouse, which now I know what that is. All right, check that off. Um, I do. I love the dynamic here between these two because they're both like quality technical wrestlers, but you have like Jack Gallagher's got the silliness about him, whereas Zach Zach Gibson's all business. He's are you having a laugh like that kind of guy? <laughs> yeah. So I like like the petty shit talking between the two while also having a really good technical wrestling yeah. match. So I enjoyed this for what it was. What about you? You're right about Gibson. Um, that like character work that he does is fantastic, and it's but it's comical. It's the same as what ring camp for imperium now now do but they're like blanket faced and like right um the ring is sacred and they're like po faced and but like gibson is so overly animated when he's trying to say like what what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> like it's impossible to not laugh at him he's he's just right. so funny i absolutely love him and as you say this was a fantastic matchup of technical british wrestlers i think they had a match at the uh, NXT Royal Albert Hall show where Gibson made the fo- mm. made the final. No, he actually won that tournament and then faced Dunn on night two. Yeah. Pretty sure that, right. that's pretty sure that, that these two faced off then as well. And they just match up really well. Um mm-hmm. they're they're similar but very, very different. And there is a little um touch on here where you may not know this, but he's a big he's a big Liverpool fan, the the uh, football team. And around this mm. time, they were very close to winning their first ever Premier League title. And their captain at the time, Steven Gerrard, uh, they they had a camera in the like group huddle pre-game, and he was saying, "Do not slip. This is our chance. Do not slip." And then during the game, he slipped, and the guy ran in and scored. And it was a big like laughing stock thing for him. So there's uh-huh. a bit on this where he goes to do that thing where he jumps on the second rope and then turns around and slips mm-hmm. on purpose. And then everyone wow. says like, um, like, like. Then everyone uses it as a way to like laugh at him for um, supporting <laughs> Liverpool. It's such a clever little uh, ploy, uh-huh. and everyone just bit on it. It was great. Um, wow. And then again, he uses the turnbuckle and the referee to to cheat. And again, um, in a similar way to the Black Mass being put over in this tournament, the Shankly Gates got over in this tournament as well. And it's yeah. a great move. I love that move. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, a hilarious bit of context because yeah when i saw i saw the slip and i was like oh he's slipped that happens but the way they kind of played into it where he slipped and he was like the crowd was razzing him about it and he was like yeah. yelling at the fans and then again you just see this running corner drop kick from jack gallagher almost get the win yeah um i was like that felt like too smooth of a, a capitalization <laughs> on a botch but i guess that makes sense yeah it was great um but uh, yeah, like you said, it's a pretty much identical finish to Zach Gibson's win over Kenny Williams shoulder into the post Shankly Gates. I think, yeah, the combination of the hitting the metal and then locking in that submission. Yeah, like you said, putting over that that submission 
Um, Zach Gibson looks good here in this tournament, man. I mean, definitely one of the MVPs for sure. But um, um, he's, he's, little side yeah. note: now that um, they apparently are now free agents, where do you want them? Oh, are they? Yeah. I know that's been in the talks for a while. Um, yeah. So, do you see them going hmm. to like Impact or to AEW or back to Europe or Japan? Right. Because they can honestly work anywhere because they're both amazing. I'm fine with them just kind of traveling wherever, like kind of feel like outside of WWE, it's a little more fluid. So you can kind of, you know, be an impact for a few months and then shift over to Japan. And Cause the, um, cause, because the world tag league is coming up, right? That'd be pretty awesome. Who daddy. Yeah. Sign me up for that. I mean, they, they, their style fits in anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I obviously have the British classical style, but I mean, that style, I feel like just resonates with any company nowadays. So yeah, they're just a good base for like any style, which I think is why they're so good. Um, but good luck to Zach him. Gibson gets a win here. Yeah. Good old Rip Fowler and uh, Jagger Reed. Jagger Reed. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, do you think they're going to bring those masks with them wherever they go? <laughs> like smiley face, whatever. Um, NXT well, has, has improved a lot, but that's probably their one big miss, I think. You didn't like the, the schism? Hmm. I didn't hate it, but I hated the fact that they were in it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, after that, we got a couple big lads slapping their meat, as the kids say. We got Chris Hero versus Big Daddy Walter. By the way, his name is Big Daddy Walter. For anybody listening, I'm not just adding my two cents. <laughs> I'm not just calling him Daddy. He is Big Daddy Walter um, taking on Chris Hero here. It's, it's pretty much what you would expect, I think. Like, I mean, there's a bit more chain wrestling in the beginning than I expected, but then it just kind of <laughs> evolves into just chop versus elbow, chop versus elbow, big boots, big suplexes, big power moves. Um, I thought this was good. This is probably like, <clears throat> I don't know if it exceed. I don't know if it met my expectations of what these two could do. Maybe that's the tournament, kind of the nature of it, how they've kind of been like um, beat down over time. It was still a very good match, but I think they they had more in the tank here. But um, you're never going to get me complaining about Chris Hero versus Walter. So I enjoyed this one. What did, did you think about it? I really enjoyed it. And I think it's interesting that you're saying that they've had a lot left because you said it uh, previously that um, Chris Hero showed a full range of his character in, in this tournament. And here was the complete opposite mm. of Andrews because this time it's him fighting from underneath against a guy that's bigger than him. So yeah. he actually... Like he actually plays the babyface here, and Volta does a bit of the old Mick Foley, and the amount of times that he puts a rear chin lock on in this in this match, <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many oof strikes that you expect in this match, but just as it's mm-hmm. just as it gets going, Volta's like let's 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 wrap on that chin lock for a bit, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that was really interesting because obviously they were playing off that hero is he a good guy is he a bad guy and and. And for this match in particular, he was playing the the good guy. And then I thought it was right um, a really smart play that he then used the Gox power driver that Claudio uses because it's like the, the little nod to his time in, mm. in ROH that everyone loves him for. So it was quite clever. I thought that like, yeah, I'm the good guy now. I'm I'm gonna do these little nods to my to the time that people really loved me. And Volta went against the style that he used in 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 his first match to try and help hero on that sort of thing. So yeah, a really interesting match. Yeah. And like, as you say, it's one that they could have wrestled at a 
style that maybe would have got more stars if that's a thing. But mm. for the story, I think that they wrestled the, the right way. No, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah, towards the end, Hero hits Walter with a series of elbows and then a discus one to the back of the head. That only gets a two count. And then kind of similar to his first match with Andrews, he's like hitting him with all these bombs and he's just like, I guess I got to kill you now. So he pile drives them and that gets the win. So good stuff by both these guys. Um, yeah, we're uh, hopefully we're off to the races with. I know Walter becomes a big deal eventually, but at some point, yeah, like, it still on, takes some time. Um, it isn't yeah. straight away. You're going to have to tune in for a few more chapters yet, mate. <laughs> I guess I have to. I guess I have to. Um, but now we have another quarterfinal match. I think it's yeah, the last quarterfinal match. Tommy End versus Sammy Callahan. Uh, another intense stare down. I guess it's just Tommy's thing. Like stop. I fuck everybody before he wrestles them. <laughs> what a Sammy tease. charges them, gets a kick right to the face for his shot. Yeah, he's a tease. That's for sure. Um, I thought this, I think this is the point because I watched all of this within like 12 hours. Right, it was okay. in two sittings. So I think this is a point where I was starting to get a little dizzy from all the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was good. I mean, everything kind of started to blur together a little bit, but I mean, there were some stiff strikes in this one. Sammy hits Tommy with a, brutal looking pile driver and he's following up on the heelness that he established the previous night tries to low blow Tommy in the same manner that he did uh, Matt cross, but Tommy catches it with his knees, which I thought was very clever. Um, but then spins him around and Sammy just punches him right in the cock. So it's like, well, you can't stop it twice, I guess. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, this is a real thing. I typed Sammy Callahan tries to kiss Tommy end. Or no, he does kiss him. Wait, does he kiss him? I forget. I didn't Let's see review a kiss. The tape. I just saw the. You like? I just saw the. I blow a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you blew your load right away, man. You gotta, you gotta pace it out a little more. No, he like kisses him on the cheek or something. I forget. I just say he kisses. No, let's go with it. They kiss on the lips. They make okay. love. Uh, <laughs> and then Tommy end hits him with the black mass for the win. So uh, Tommy gets the win here. But I thought I thought Sammy, he, he represented uh, he felt like he stuck out among everything else with this character work and stuff. So I thought it was good. Yeah, I was really impressed with with, Call with both of Callahan's matches. I must admit that my memory of this weekend is clouded by Chris Hero. And I, and, and that's what I right. remember from six years ago or, or, or whatever this was. So watching it back in a full show, I thought Sammy Callahan had, had a great showing. And this was another sprint. So it was wrestled at a real fast pace. Um, I love the fact that um, even when, because they were going at such a pace that there was a few little times that they slipped or they were in a, in a wrong spot sometimes that they managed to yeah. um, just, just like plow through. And like, I think one time that Tommy N slipped off the ropes and then Callahan just picked him up and tombstoned him as if like, prick. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> Yeah, so I absolutely loved it. Um, and I love the fact that, as I said, that it had a clear dynamic because people mm -hmm. weren't too sure how to deal with Callahan as a fan going into the first match because we weren't too sure who he was or, mm -hmm. or, or what he was. But but on day two, we knew that he was the heel. We knew that we loved Tommy End and it worked great. For sure. But I do have uh, a story from on the day of that uh -oh. where... Uh, there was a particularly drunk man who got quite. Um, was it you? 
it, it wasn't me or Dom actually. It was uh, it was um, just just some guy that was quite a violent drunk, and he was getting quite gobby. And there was this quite um, middle aged woman that was watching the show, and she just happened to love Sammy Callahan. Fair enough. I don't advocate cheering heels and um, the other way around, but do mm-hmm. whatever you want. You've paid your ticket, whatever. But this guy took such objection to it that he was screaming, like spitting in this like 40 year old woman's face being like, he's a fucking heel, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and like people had to break it up and it's like, this, this, this is not okay. And there's obviously the, the, um, one rule of progress, which is don't be a dick. And, mm. uh, yeah, that, uh, that, uh, angry man got, uh, taken out back and dealt with, with a stern talking to, and then brought back in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like Jesus, he got sodomized for yelling at a lady. <laughs> wow, you guys got—that's what happens when you get three intermissions in a show, right? Yeah, and you just get more opportunity to get pissed, huh? Exactly, exactly. Ha- ha- having a go, drinking some pints. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, that aside, we got some semi-final action on our way. We're down to the wire here. Before we, we got, got to the uh, semi, um, though, uh, yeah. Kyle, we also saw the catwalk by Colin. Yeah, you figured we should probably talk about that, right? Yeah, please <laughs> give give your in-depth analysis on Colin's catwalk. Well, firstly, he was dressed like a 1960s Austin Powers wannabe. Mm, kind of right. um, flared jeans. Bell bottoms. Yep. Um, tight, flowery shirt. Great trimmed mustache bit of a mullet looked incredible mm. jim smallman spotted him front row and was like colin people have to see how good you look <laughs> and ordered him to do a catwalk around the ring <laughs> yeah. which he which he kind of tried to, to do in like a jog t- to start with because he was probably quite embarrassed but then right. jim ordered him to do it in a catwalk and boy did he nail it he was fantastic <laughs> how many stars <laughs> I'm going to give it four and a half, five mm. in the Tokyo Dome. All right. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he was, it was, it was an outfit choice. Um, I don't know what, like, cause this is very hipster in progress, right? He's a lot of flannels and progress shirts. It's pretty much yeah. all it is. So, yeah. um, he stuck out, I guess the most stylish fan, I believe. Well, he was very Jim's hipster, but in a different way. <laughs> mm, he was seventies hipster. I get yeah. you. I get you. Well, a couple hipsters here. Big up, Colin. And uh, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think Colin's up to now? Is he still going to progress shows? I haven't seen him for a while. I hope he's well. I, Have I you hope met he's him? got like um. I hope he's got like a um, th- like a like a like a vintage clothes shop. Oh, I see. I or him. maybe he enters the wrestling business, and that was his uh, origin story here from this Ooh, chapter. I might like, oh, they all made fun of me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to show them. And that man turned out to be Spike Trevay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go Tyler Breeze or a, uh, even though I think this is after Tyler Breeze. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Breeze, <laughs> well, let's Breeze on to this next match. Mark Andrews versus Zach Gibson. Uh, it's at this point they bring out Marty Skrull. 
to be the guest commentator, the progress champion, which I was, I was kind of surprised he didn't have any matches. I don't know if he was hurt or if they just maybe didn't have time to throw him yeah. in somewhere, but, um, but he's doing commentary is, you know, he gave it his all, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's, I a love it it, it's a good payday. It's a good payday. Like the match is going on and Marty's just like, Oh, I bet that hurt. It's just that a lot. It's very art Donovan esque, his commentary, which yeah. I'm all for. I support yeah. it. But uh, Gibson, again, does his pre-match spiel. <laughs> we'll drop you on the dick. Uh, it's getting worse. It's, it's getting, getting worse. worse. I'm not even going to That was so trying. Scottish. <laughs> that was more, yeah. That's what I, was. I could never do a Scottish accent on purpose, but if I just try to be Zach Gibson, it comes out. Um, this one comes and goes very quickly. I didn't have my stopwatch on me, but it couldn't have been more than like four minutes. Yeah, it was, um, it was a quick boy. Zach Gibson, uh, or Mark Andrews at the bell. Tries to get the quick win over Zach Gibson, but he kicks out. And Gibson kind of gets the advantage for a bit. It's a bit back and forth. Gibson locks in the Shankly Gates, which has finished all of his opponents so far. But Andrews finds a way to counter out of it with a roll up and gets the win out of nowhere. Um, so I thought I thought this was I mean, look, it's the tournament format kind of thing, whereas like people are getting beat down over time. They're losing HP as the, as the night goes on. It takes less to beat a person. And that's kind of like the rest of the tournament. I feel like the matches aren't super long. Um, yeah. And Mark Andrews, a story they're telling of the underdog, like how is he still alive in this thing? Like I thought it was, I thought it was good how they, how they did this. what do you think about it? Yeah. I've got nothing more to add than what you just did. Other than I absolutely loved the fact that the progress fans turned that shitty you deserve it chant around and then rather than saying it in a positive way, it was in a negative way towards Gibson. <laughs> Phenomenal. That's, that's the only way it should be used, by the way. <laughs> Fans listening. Um, Heroes eventually die, right? That's the tag team name? Yeah. Of uh, Chris Hero and Tommy End. I'm not really familiar with them as a tag team. Have you seen any of their, their work? Only like small little clips back in the day when it was a, uh, you could download like certain clips on <laughs> some dodgy websites. <laughs> so you, you lime to wire, lime wired yeah. some, some, yeah. okay. Set to some like, you know, terrible metal music. Right. Of course. <laughs> was that the music that they, cause they played some music before either of these guys came out. Was that their tag team music? I think it might've been. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like there was a bodge somewhere. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> what is this shit? <laughs> or is like somebody coming out with a different character for this? I don't know, but <laughs> It's where they're, they're both. Um, yeah. So it's I kind of, it's um, it was billed as kind of student B teacher, wasn't it? Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. Cause they, they came out in, in matching tank tops with, I guess what their symbol on it. Yeah. So there was like solidarity there. So it was very much like a, like you said, student versus teacher. It was, there was, a, it's it like was Michael Dante wasn't even born. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We really, <laughs> really got over him fast, huh? <laughs> Man, no respect for the dance. Or because but, he couldn't uh, sit, or because he couldn't sit on that table. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's where it all went downhill <laughs> for, for Michael Dante? <laughs> Stupid British tables. What? Oh, it was it was all in when the ladder shit the shit the oh, bed. Yeah, yeah. It's like every time there's a ladder in Europe, it yeah. just all goes downhill. We don't like um like have stores that 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 like or pre make them like maybe you you guys do in America that they're gimmicked slightly, but like we just go to the hardware store and buy them. And it's like, 
You don't get the WWE ones that are like held together by gum. You just, oh, this is a proper ladder. Let's slam somebody on this. See what happens. Um, well, no ladders in this match, thank God. But uh, lots of elbows, lots of kicks. I mean, as you would imagine with these two guys, they fight because uh, girls on commentary on the stage area. They fight like down the aisle on the stage. Um, Hero hits his cyclone kick on the stage, which I think it's, it's a little foreshadowing to the next chapter to the main event. Him and yeah. him and uh, Skrull have some words, um, but ultimately this match, it's very strong style. It's very you hit me hard and then I'll hit you hard and we'll see who dies. Yeah, first, pretty, so. that's, that's exactly what it was. Even the very start of it, they just kind of like offered them like hit me. And then, they, and then they would go over like, thank you. And then it'd be like, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very, um, yeah. I enjoyed it, but it didn't reach the heights of uh, the, of the um, other um, end matches for me personally. Um, yeah. But I did enjoy the um, the fact that Tommy and obviously was putting over the black mass as the thing that can kill anyone. And, and Chris Hero was like, I'm kicking out of that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was my thing. Cause he hit, and Tommy hits him with a flying knee, a double stomp, and then the black mass and only gets a two count. So it's like, okay, yeah. the super finisher, we're immediately just kind of throwing it in the trash. I think, And like, but, you know, sometimes closing stretches of matches can take a match from you feeling like, yeah, that was a good match to that was a like, that was a brilliant match. If that match finished with that stretch, I'm probably finishing this match and being like, "Sick match, great match." As yeah. it was, they did the middle rope hot power driver kick out from end that uh, Hero did, and then literally 30 seconds later, he gets rolled up and wins. And it's like, should you be really winning in that way after being power driven off the mm. second rope? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I personally didn't love the finish. I think that the finish with the, as you say, the three strikes and out should have been the finish. But let's not say that this wasn't a good match. It, it, it was a good match. We're nitpicking a little bit. But mm -hmm. the big thing, I guess, coming out of this was, of course, Skull and uh, Hero, which leads into the next chapter. Loser! Loser! And Marty's yelling at him as he's <laughs> yeah. leaving. Yeah. They tussle a little bit. I don't even know if they touch each other, but there's definitely like some sexual tension between the two. So, <laughs> well, we'll he just take spent, care of that next time. Well, he just spent 15 minutes. I fucking Tommy in. So, you know, he was turned on. Yeah. <laughs> to unleash the beast somewhere. So <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, where did you, um, obviously you said that M, like your MVP was top was, um, Chris hero. Do you mm -hmm. have it as Andrews, Walter, end as the as the like as your favorite matches of the three um yeah yeah i would say so i yeah, mean I'm, yeah. for chris hero matches for sure yeah 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 um but uh we so after that we got so we got something to break up the semifinals and the finals first we got the we got a progress tag team title number one contendership street fight the dazzler team team of Daryl Allen and Earl Black Jr. versus Sweet Jesus, Chuck Mambo, and Pastor William Ever. I was exhausted at this point, and I think yeah. the crowd was too. Yeah. I mean, you were there, so was that the was that the vibe? Yeah, that that was definitely 
the vibe, but I completely understand why this match is here. It's a yeah chance yeah. to kind of breathe in between the semis and the and the final. Um, and and to be fair, for a lot of progress fans, they were diehard fans and they were going to the Endeavor shows, and this was built on uh, matches that were happening in Endeavor, so there was interest there. And it's, but it's but it's quite funny because obviously. I don't know if they touched on this in commentary or not. I can't remember, but this was like a, it was a two out of three fours match on Endeavor. And um, one of the, one of the finish was a literal um, peel finish. So they slip on a peel. (laughs) And then of course they do. Another one of the matches ended when someone got hit by a pineapple. Oh, that, <laughs> and in this that match, actually sounds like it sucks. And in this match, oh, okay. they use a frying pan, a kettle, and a watermelon. So you know, like food kitchen seems to just be the vibe for this feud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's very. Um, I mean, there's beach balls pelting the ring. There's chairs get involved. All of those culinary items that you just mentioned. Everything is just it's just chaos. It's a street fight, so it's the nature of it. Um, Daryl Allen sends Chuck Mambo through a table by throwing him off the top rope. You got Mambo doing springboards to the outside. Um, Mambo at some point, well, first of all, Bill Lever, the pastor, the winner of the natural progression series hits, uh, one of the guys with a crucifix power bomb and he's Jesus, right? So he says, Mambo, rise, which I thought was funny. So his partner rises up, grabs a deflated beach ball under the ring with thumbtacks in it, spills the thumbtacks all over the earth. Sorry, <clears throat> the drawing pins yes. spills them all over the <laughs> ring. <laughs> the um, the Dazzlers try to do dual styles clashes onto Sweet Jesus onto the tacks but end up getting backdropped onto them. So the Dazzlers are all tacked up. But the Dazzler, I'm saying Dazzle so many times, the Dazzlers hit the Dazzler death drop into the tags for the win, which I don't even remember what that is. But uh, the Dazzler team gets the win, and I guess are the number one contenders to the London Riots. Yeah, which obviously, now that the, that the Riots are champions, their baby faces, Dazzler team are, are heels. There was a pretty obvious winner here, but fair mm-hmm. play to these guys. Like, they, like, like I said, with um, Cross and Callahan, they were in a, di- a difficult spot, like in a different yeah. way, like because it's just t- like a, cr- a tired crowd rather than one that has been burnt out. But I thought that they did a decent job here, like like for what they had to to do. And fair play to them, they, they for a match that was, let's face it, a throwaway match, even though it's a number one contender match on a show like mm-hmm. this. They they. They put their bodies through it in this match, and they didn't have to. Let's be honest. So, oh, they worked hard as hell, yeah. So fair play to them. Um, but yeah, um, I've got just some like one fun memory of Earl Black Jr. Uh, when he was <laughs> a, a, a singles wrestler, and he, how would you like? He's like he's almost kind of Zach Gibson in like the way that his face is just like he's just got a funny face, like like, yeah, like yeah. the way that he can. Uh, gravitate his, his face into different things are funny it, it, it moves a lot like his <laughs> expressions are very prominent yeah yeah he, like he's just like like someone that you just kind of have to laugh at and uh <laughs> <laughs> he did he had the, this uh i can't even remember who he was wrestling but he had someone in, in the corner and he just gave them like a forearm 
and then walked into the middle of, of the ring, put his arms up like Rhino, and just went, old school violence. <laughs> to just tumbleweed from the crowd. <laughs> Nothing makes me laugh harder than somebody being very excited to no reaction. <laughs> and every time that I hear Oh Black Junior, in my head, I just say, oh, old school violence. <laughs> well now that's canon for me as well so i appreciate that well i gotta say this show um i was disappointed because you know la night today is on fire the yeah stuff but now i'm i'm disappointed because now i know he didn't invent that it was actually the big wavy roy johnson who uh yeah, yeah. all right yeah let me tell you, what is the dialect that uh, he so is it's, so it's south london oh yeah. is that like the south side of dudleyville yeah a little bit yeah yeah so he okay. gets i think he that, that he gets announced that he's from don't ask questions south london <laughs> that's so funny well we got a waste man challenge on our hands here gang we got uh which for anyone unfamiliar which i don't know how you would be uh you get the chance to either wrestle them or rap battle them. <laughs> and uh, it's an open challenge. And who takes this open challenge? None other than Eddie Dennis, which I was mad at how excited I got when I heard his music. I was like, oh, this will be fun. Um, I do got to say, though, you people cannot rap. I, you, you do something. It's fast poetry. Maybe Tiny Tempa. Isn't he like a British rapper? I don't know. That's an old school uh, reference. I like it. <laughs> it's old school violence old school reference <laughs> I'm just going to do that in my daily life now and nobody's going to know what I'm referencing but it's going to make me laugh so yeah did you um, all I heard out of this whole interaction was Eddie Dennis rapping and saying that Roy Johnson's mom has a penis so yeah, that's so, about all um, I got thoughts talking about uh, British people not being able to rap um, he chose to sing or rap um, a, a Welsh parody rap troupe called Goldie Looking Chain. And oh. the song that he was rapping was called Your Mother's Got a Penis. Right. So, yeah. Right. So that's the So he copyrighted of, you know, a, a song, is what you're saying. It wasn't, it wasn't a freestyle, is what you're telling me no, from Eddie no, Dennis. No, it was. Uh, so, like, Goldie Looking Chain are culturally relevant in british culture for being purposely shit and that's something that british people do very well we're we're quite self-aware <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that's a good quality to have <laughs> um but yeah it was so the so the wasteman challenge was something that people loved the wasteman challenge it was just a way to get roy johnson over mm -hmm. but we actually had roy johnson on the wrestling should be fun podcast when he was um trying to promote his everything pattern show, which is what, which is where he tries right. to get people of color throughout the card. So, so from everyone from ring crew to the ring announcers, to commentators, the wrestlers themselves, referees, everyone that's involved in it, they, they're, it's called everything, it's called everything pattern. And it's a way to try and say like, in, like inclusivity is possible in wrestling and look at all these talent mm -hmm. that are able to do it. And, he looks at these cards throughout Britain and there's like three, four people of color on these cards. And he's trying to argue that like 
he's not pointing fingers at what or when or why, but he's just saying like it is possible to have a lot more diversity on these cards. And mm-hmm. fair play to him. Um, and he actually spoke about the Wasteman Challenge, where he said that it started off that he started off just as as, as excited about it as the fans were. But what largely it became in progress less wrestling was a way for him not to wrestle. And mm. actually, it didn't get anyone over other than the person that he would bring in. So he was always right. the, like at the start, it was him doing the rap to people and it was a way to get him over. And then he wrestles and then he wins or loses whatever he, he still gets over. By the end, he would challenge someone, wouldn't even get to rap. Then someone would come out similar to what Eddie Dennis does, diss him. And then he doesn't even wrestle. And he was like, it actually proved detrimental to him, which is a bit of a shame because when it first started, it was pretty just new and fresh and exciting. But yeah, just for whatever reason, it just fell into a different uh, spot for him, sadly. Would you say like this challenge deal, did it like eventually get pigeonholed into like this kind of like cool down spot on the show where it's like, yeah, we're not going to so, take yeah. this seriously. Like, go be a, go dance, go be a mascot yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, can, and, I can see that. And he had, um, an Atlas title match against rampage Brown at the dome, which was were like the shows that, that aren't the proper chapter shows. And mm-hmm. that was the, and, and that was the match where he got to really wrestle and it was a great match. And then even after that, he, he, he still didn't get booked and, yeah, I don't really know what really know what happened there, but um, yeah. he but uh, he's still doing his thing. He he still wrestles on the independents. Uh, I, I saw on his Twitter that he's recently engaged, so I'm sure he's happy. Well, look at that! Look at that, big Roy Johnson. Yeah, I've seen the everything pattern thing. I know RJ Singh's been on a few of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, our boy. So good on Big Wavy. Good on Big Wavy doing big things. Um, even though he gets you know his ass kicked by Eddie Dennis. Both verbally and physically here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Basically, but, don't spill your beer on a Welshman. That's the don't moral do that. of the tale. That's how I live my life. Desperately <laughs> avoiding that. <laughs> well, we kind of touched on this earlier a little bit, but we got our finals here for the Super Strong Style from 2016. We got Tommy End versus Mark Andrews. Um, this day, I definitely got the impression that both guys, I don't know if they were actually, you know, running on fumes here, but that seemed to be kind of the story here where, I mean, I yeah. don't think this was particularly long either. Um, no, I think it's the shortest yeah. ever final in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, like to expand on your point, like I do agree with, I think you make a good point that Tommy and beating Mark Andrews here, like Tommy ends like the guy. If it wasn't going to be Mark Haskins, it was going to be Tommy N because Tommy had been building so much momentum with his title matches and his main event matches against Marty Skrull, how he gets screwed out of the thing. And now he's trying to earn his way back. So I think there was a big groundswell for Tommy and people just he's just a cool dude. He's a cool wrestler. People love him. So I think him facing off against Mark Andrews, who has this underdog story, the match of the tournament. It's like nobody really wants to cheer or boo either of these guys. So I feel like yeah. the story, to your point, could have been told better if it was a Legero or even like you want to throw like a Pete Dunn or somebody. Um, I think that might have been because it did. It was, you know, Tommy N wins, you know, Black Mass after uh, countering the shooting star press. But I don't know, man. I felt like kind of, OK, it's over now. Like, I didn't feel like the excitement that like a London riots winning the tag team titles kind of thing that I yeah. felt. So, yeah, it's obviously they were hamstrung by the fact that Haskins had his issues and you don't know. And we'll never know, I guess, 
what the story was going to be with with, with yeah. Haskins, like the like the story that they were going to tell of Haskins throughout the rest of the, the two three matches that he would have wrestled to oh. get here. And obviously, it had to be rushed through. So, I think they that, like they did well booking Andrews because he did have the the biggest cra- crowd swell from the previous match, and he kind of fits that underdog having to wrestle a, an extra thing. And I quite like the way that they wrestled this match because Tommy N smelt blood straight away. He was like, this guy's mm-hmm. wrestled more matches than me. He's already lost a match. I'm unbeaten. And he kind of went straight for it in that kind of Sammy Callahan way that he did throughout his matches. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that every time that he was trying to catch him to start with, Andrews could evade him, but he couldn't for too much longer. And eventually, mm-hmm. he, eventually he gets caught. But of course, we get the whiplash stuff, which I didn't mind. Like, I'm an old school ECW fan, and, and I like the lights out moment just as much as Tony Khan does. But <laughs> yeah, well, progress doesn't spam it like Tony Khan does. It's very few and far between. But, but I did man, quite like I've... the fact that that whiplash came back in here because it was almost like, um, like whiplash realized that Andrews was on his like last legs as well. And mm-hmm. I, I and I quite like that kind of like storytelling of like I, like if I don't do something here, Tommy's going to win this 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 tournament. And yeah, yeah, like it also played into the fact that he looks like a goober because <laughs> he got hit with a black mass almost immediately. But the storytelling's there, so I didn't mind that. And then I did really quite quite enjoy the end where obviously Andrews had just reached empty, and he almost like did the willingness of like. Yeah. Okay. Hit me one more time. Like the, the mm-hmm. Ric Flair, old yeller. Like, yeah, I know I'm done, <laughs> but you've got to hit me one more time. I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah. Like, but because Tommy ends cool, he doesn't say that. He just fucking smashes him. <laughs> <laughs> he felt it though. You know, he felt it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was short, but it kind of, I don't know if a 20 minute match after what, they've both been through would have really worked in it either. So I feel like, I feel like they were in a difficult situation with the Haskins thing. And maybe this is the better of the two of rather than going like 20 minutes plus the run in from Mm. whiplash. Yeah. I mean, all is well that ends well, I guess Tommy end wins and now he's in the main event scene again. So, you know, it's, it was good and it was a great tournament. I mean, this, this final, I mean, Whiplash. I mean, we got to expand on how why he looked like such a goober. So Tommy ends on the top rope going for his double stomp onto Mark Andrews. The lights go out. The lights come back on and Mikey's in the ring. He's like trying to size up Tommy, but he's looking the wrong direction and he turns around, <laughs> gets the black mask. Such an idiot. Um, but they're playing off. You know, he did this at the last chapter. So yeah. now Tommy's wise to it. So it all makes sense, but it's just, it, he looks silly, but, um, yeah. the one thing that I did actually really like in this was even though he's like the ultimate baby face and you shouldn't really have your baby face taking advantage of that situation. I like, mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that Andrews did because it tells the story that he knows that he's on an empty. And he was like, if I don't take this opportunity, I've got no chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was all good. And then, like you said, just the slow rise of Andrews afterwards. He's like, kill me, daddy. And then he kills him. And then it's, <laughs> it's all good, man. All good. So Tommy is your SSS 16, 16. That's that's very jumbled. But he wins the thing. He won the thing and he has the 
interesting. Now that you're um, thirty, now that you're thirty chapters in, can you kind of tell that this is like really cooking now? Like progress is cooking, right? Yeah, it's. I can see because it's almost because I've been watching a lot of Rev Pro yeah. recently, and you actually brought up the show that I just watched where it was like Kevin Steen versus. Um, Marty Skrull, who was the yeah. champion. You had Nakamura versus Zack Sabre Jr. You had uh, uh, Prince Devitt versus Adam Cole. It's But it's very light on the story. Yeah, It's just dream matches. And I'm not saying that progress is here yet, but you could kind of see like these people coming over. And it's I could see the direction that they're maybe going where they're like maybe prioritizing dream match over story. Because like the first 20 chapters, or really like 10 through 20, it was just like this... It was really just a kind of one main story, but it was it yeah. was fantastic. Havoc and Osprey, and then yeah. you still got really good stories at this point, and I'm just sure lots more to come. But yeah, definitely. I mean, the energy of the crowd, you can feel it. You can definitely feel that progress is hot. That British wrestling as a whole is hot. Um, you could see it with their collaborations with WWE and just everybody that's coming over. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying. Pro- I always get excited to watch these progress shows. Yeah. So I'm all about it for sure. I find it really interesting because obviously the, the British wrestling scene right now, you probably aren't across it because you probably don't follow a lot of British wrestling nerds, but it's like, it's becoming kind of tribalist it, with like progress mm. versus rev pro versus OT. Like, like I don't understand tribalism in American wrestling where it's huge companies. I, and I understand it even less in small right. independent wrestling like i do not get it there's tribes everywhere man can't <laughs> avoid it i blame roman reigns <laughs> it's all his fault put those ones up put those ones up well speaking of roman reigns let's talk about the how you guys roam your how you guys reign in the wrestling should be fun podcast. <laughs> First of all, Ross, appreciate appreciate you making the time. Oh, it's goddamn two a.m. over there in Qatar. Appreciate you making the time to watch these shows. Come on, talk about it. Where can everybody find wrestling? Should be fun. The podcast, the social medias, your OnlyFans, all of it. Yeah. So OnlyFans are currently uh, geo blocked in Qatar, but apart from that, you can find. Them. <laughs> I was wondering where it was. Um, no, so. Uh, we've recently just uh, reopened our Facebook page. It was a uh, social mm-hmm. media that I've um, not really done anything with. And that's my fault because I just haven't had time. But um, I haven't touched mine in forever either. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so um, one of the Wrestling Should Be Fun lads, Shafi's taken that on. He's done a fantastic job. Um, so you can find us there. Wrestling Should Be Fun. TikTok has been taken on by our youngest member, Oscar, who's 19 years old. So we immediately handed him the TikTok reins. <laughs> so he knows what the kid's like. <laughs> yeah. You'll see him twerking. Uh, that's wrestling should be fun. Dom does the uh, Instagram and that's where you can find his Simpsons based memes mostly. And um, also he is in charge of our live show uh, feed. So, so whenever we go to a live show, uh, he does the, 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 Instagram, the Instagram stories. He does a fantastic job of showing what it's like being a wrestling should be fun nerd and going to these shows as part of the group. Um, it's probably probably the most inclusive follow for wrestling should be fun. It's the it, it's the way to see what what we're about as a live um, wrestling crowd. Then the Twitter is myself, um, where I just try and throw as much shit at the wall. <laughs> uh, that is uh, WSBFUN. 
And then, of course, the podcast, which is available at all your podcast places. We are a uh, Friday release, our weekly show. Uh, we do show reviews. We have a thing called the roundtable, where if it's not a uh, show week, we'll have a topic that we'll um, talk about, whether that be CM Punk or the need for um, tweeners in wrestling or whatever it may right. be. Um so that's our podcast. And then we also have um, guests on. Uh, we've, uh, For example, this week, we've got the owner of Ignite Pro Wrestling, a small independent promotion in the UK, and talking to him, him about what it's like to run a independent in the UK. And we also talk to wrestlers, referees, promoters, you know it. And also some guy called Kyle comes on every once a year. I skipped that episode. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. No, it was Booker Bingo is is probably one of my favorite parts of it. It was it uh, yeah, Conan bu- versus Tamina or whatever the hell we did. <laughs> yeah, you had a tough draw. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to redeem myself next time if there is a next time. Yeah, Booker Bingo is uh, taking a bit of a step back recently because our shows have become so long because we've got a lot more people on them now. Mm. Um, and our editor uh, sometimes gets a bit angry. Well, most of the time, quite rightly, gets angry because he tells us to keep it to 60 minutes and then we hand him a file that's t- two hours and 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be sure to bring it back on this one next time. We'll do like <laughs> bubblegum versus uh, who else? Big wavy, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, I'll, I'll get the wheel. I'll get the wheel made. We'll yeah, spin I'm, a, it. I'm a little bit sad that we didn't get to hear your thoughts on uh, old bubblegum this, cha- uh, this chapter. Well, here's my thoughts. Let me tell you about this guy. Once again, thank you to Ross from Wrestling Should Be Fun for joining me once again on this lovely, lovely progress journey. Always a good time with Ross. Go check him out on Twitter. He runs the Twitter for Wrestling Should Be Fun, but also go check out the Instagram, the TikTok, the MySpace, the UJs, the Pornhub. Unless you're in Virginia, you don't get Pornhub anymore, so... Um, we'll just have to find another way to reach them. Um, not that I would know, but do that. Follow me if you want. If you've made it this far, I mean, I don't know what else I got to do near follow, but, uh, do that. Oh, I think that's about all daddy has for you today. It's been a fun old time. It's been a gay old time. Did I ever say that earlier? Gay old time, I think, is a phrase that needs to make a comeback. Uh, How's your day been? It's been pretty gay. I guess, you know, you can still say that as a uh, a different context. But um, anyways, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to hit stop on the record button, but not before I give you a smooch on the cheek. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly love you all. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the chocolates that you sent me. And I'm hard. Yeah. Talk around and disregard it. Should you walk around? Should you walk hard?